Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series we're doing called Vineyard Verses. What we're doing in this series is we're working through some passages of Scripture together. And um, I believe these passages are foundational to our Christian walk. And I'm encouraging you to memorize the verses as we go. So we're doing, we're breaking down these passages a verse at a time and I'm explaining them and we're looking at them together and I'm encouraging you to memorize them because I think it's vitally important to have some scripture um, inside you that you can call on when you go through situations. The Holy Spirit can remind you of in the midst of things because we can't always get uh, in the midst of our busy days right to a Bible if we need one or to a Bible app or whatever it might be. And, And so if we have in us... Um, passages of scripture that are helpful throughout the day just makes a huge difference in I think how long we have to spend sort of moving in bad directions because these scripture verses can be quickened to us can really help us throughout our days and so we're we started this series uh, with Hebrews 10 19 through 25 and I've shared with you these verses are the ones that I start every day with They're, they're that important to me I revisit them throughout the day and I just think they're extremely helpful for all of us in, in sort of having a hold of and understand what they mean. And they're powerful scriptures inviting us into the presence of God and reminding us of the amazing grace that we found in Him and, and His blood poured out for us and what that means and our relationship being in Christ now and that's how God sees us. There's a lot that we see in these verses. So, so far what we've been looking at, and keep going over this in our scripture reading, therefore... Hebrews 10, 19, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our bodies, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us. See, now I've gotten forgotten because I started thinking about something else. There we go. See your heart and full of having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Today, I want to really um, zoom in on Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So that's what we'll be talking about today. That's the intro transition. I always try and give you a bad joke or two. And my son's already yawning in anticipation. What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? The hippo is quite heavy, while the Zippo is a little lighter. You like that one? Too good? I had to explain to somebody yesterday, I had to explain to somebody what a Zippo was, and that kind of ruined the joke. So, okay, one more. What do you call a guy with red hair who works in in a bakery? Ginger bread man. Gingerbread man. Probably should have stopped after the first one. (laughs) Last week, we talked about hope. Let us hold unswervingly the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And we talked about biblical 
hope. And the difference between biblical hope and, and the hope, you know, that we're sort of used to talking about. The hope that we sort of talk about in our regular language has an, a measure of doubt in it. We say things like, I hope so, or I hope this will happen tomorrow. But biblical hope is this confident assurance of the promises of God that they will, in fact, come to be. And so um, we looked at the importance of that hope and hanging on to that hope and the faithfulness of God, and that's what we looked at last week. Now, that hope that we have in him, that, that, that hope that we hold on to unswervingly in the faithfulness of God is to impact our lives each and every day. And so, you know, the question is this, sort of, when you get up in the morning and you start a day, um, you know, what do you say to yourself about your hopes for the day? When, when you look from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, what do you want to happen because you've lived that day? What difference do you want your life to make in that day? And, and if you would say, well, well, I don't even think like that, I just get up and do what I've got to do, then, then what I want to share with you today is that you're, you're really cutting yourself off from um, a basic means of grace and a, and a source of guidance and strength and faithfulness and joy because, because God has created you and, and wants your life to, to follow him and make a difference and, and have a significant impact on the world around you. And, and he doesn't want you to just sort of get up and drift aimlessly through the day. He, he wants you to know that, that you make a difference where you go and that, that you should really have a, your hope should be that you will touch someone's life in that day um, as you cross paths with them in, in one way, shape, or form. That you, you focus on, on a certain kind of purpose for the day. So he certainly didn't create us to kind of curl up under the covers in the hope that he's given us and spend our days there. And so this hope that we talked about should have, an, should have an impact on your life, an effect on your life, and make a difference. And so that we, we go through these 24-hour periods knowing that there's, there's something that, that we can do in the world around us that will impact other people for the kingdom of God. And, and in reality, that's why we get up in the mornings. Because there's something for us to do. There's a purpose for us. We were created for purpose. Our lives have meaning. If we will get up with that sort of attitude, we will make a difference in the world around us for that day. And, and so I, you know, I want to encourage you that you, you need to be thinking about that. And that's what this verse does. This verse takes the hope that we talked about, that we have in the faithfulness and promises of God, and, and calls us to put it into action, which is where we begin to find life in it. And so the first thing that it talks about, and point number one in your notes, is that we're to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And, and I just think that verse is sort of the, the focus of our lives. It's why it's, I think it's such an important thing. When you, when you read these verses in context and you think about what's been happening, you know, invited into the literal presence of God. Um, he sees us in Christ, forgiven. He's made this possible, you know, the, the tearing of the curtain. We have access to God 24-7. We have this hope based on his faithful promises. And now he says those things should begin to change you as you move throughout your day-to-day -day life. And, and it makes a difference. And, and so this, this hope um, that we're, we're talking about is it's what we aim at from, from the morning uh, that we start until, until the end of our days when, we, when we're done for the day. And, and it's fascinating because it doesn't say 
how to, uh, it doesn't say how to consider how to love each other and do good deeds. That's good, but that's not what it says. It says, consider how to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. It actually says, you know, as part of our day, we're to focus on helping other people do the next right thing. You know, we talk about that here all the time, this idea of doing the next right thing. We live by trying to do the next right thing. We understand we, you know, that's our heart's desire. When we mess up, we can go running back to Jesus and get a brand new start. But not only are we to live by doing the next right thing, we're to, we're to live in such a way that we're considering how to help other people live that way as well. It's a much bigger impact. It's a much bigger perspective than the one that, that sometimes we sort of settle for. We, we sort of if we're not careful, we'll fall into this pattern where what we do is we get up and we do what we got to do for the day and we go to sleep and we get up and we do what we got to do and we're missing the adventure, the bigger picture, the, the part of, of things that we're tapped into. And, you know, certainly some days we'll, we'll feel a little mundane There's because there, I know we have to do the things we do, but, but I think if we start with this hope, this is God, you know, who, who, can, I, who, who can I encounter today and, and in what way can I impact them to help them more effectively live by doing the next right thing. And so the beginning of that verse is fascinating because that's the aim, but it says, in effect, point two, let us consider. Fascinating word. Let us consider. And, and in context, that word's only used other, you know, it's very rarely used in the, that way in, in the scripture. And in one other verse, it's used where it says, consider Jesus. Um, and, and in this verse, we're to consider one another. Uh, and that's the heart of what's taking place here. The, this is the call of God on us to consider one another. That, that means that we're to, we're to look at one another, we're to think about one another, we're to, we're to focus on one another, we're to study one another, we're to let our minds be occupied with one another. And, and the goal of all of this, this considering, is to you know, sort of think of ways to spur people on towards love and good deeds, to living by doing the next right thing. Why I think this is so important, it helps us break free from this trap, this one trap that to be very careful of, particularly in our culture, if we're not careful, it, it sort of becomes all about us pretty quickly. And, and we, uh, we can get very inwardly focused and, and we sort of begin to see the universe from, from our little tiny perspective instead of knowing that there's this other great big thing happening all around us, that we're a part of the story. We're not the story. That, that in, in, in effect, that, that we are the adjectives in the story where God is the noun. He's the noun of the story. It revolves around him. And we're adjectives that describe him, and that's how we live, and we're created to live that way. We're not created to be the noun of the story. He is. You know, and I, I like to say that. It's just not all about us. I want to always caveat when I say that, that it is some about us, and there's a lot of verses for that, and that's a wonderful thing, um, because he cares for us, and that matters. But it's just not all about us, and we have to be careful we don't get caught in that sort of trap. Because even as I talk about it, you can, a, a lot of you can begin to think, well, that sounds a lot like my life. I get up, I do what I got to do, I go to sleep, I do it again, I do it again, I do it again. And, and I, my thing is, and, and what the writer of Hebrews is telling us is we're missing life there. We're not encountering the, the, the life that God really has for us in that process. And so we're to consider, it says, one another. Now, this idea runs throughout the New Testament. So rather than just kind of get a, a verse, uh, you know, one or two texts to sort of back up that point, 
there were, there were so many that I just picked a sampling of them. And, and I just want you to see how important this idea really is um, in, in this idea of considering how to, how to you know, spur one another on, how to care for one another. Um, 1 John 4.11 says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. That's a, that's a big chunk right there. But because God has loved us, we're to love one another. That's a, you know, the heart of this idea of considering others. How do we love people well? How do we love people extravagantly in the way that God has loved us? And, and that's just, that's an amazing thought that, that will help us sort of really, if we take it and just resonate and allow that to sink in, it, it has to change the way that we impact or, and, and relate with other people. Because we're to love them um, in the way that he's loved us. Since he's so loved us, we ought to love one another. There's a, another great verse we talk about here all the time. You know, we're to, we're to love God all in. I, that's a paraphrase. You know, love God, heart, mind, soul, and strength is the actual verse. But I like love God all in. And then we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. And, you know, the, the implication is there is that, that we, we, we care about ourselves. We take care of ourselves. For the most part, we do the basics. And, and, that, and yet, that's supposed to translate then into because of the, the measure that we do to try and take care of ourselves. We're to care about others as well. It's supposed to move in that process. So this is all part of considering others. How do we, how do we spur other people on to life and doing the next right thing? Uh, the Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 4.10, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. That's a huge verse, um, and, and really, uh, you know, not culturally sort of how, thing, how we tend to look at things now. Um, you know, our culture would tell us we need to figure out, you know, everything we can do is, is about us. And here Peter says, you know, listen, you need to figure out every gift that you've been given, um, how you can use that to serve others. Because in effect, that's why you have it. Now, all of the neat stuff that God has given us is, is ultimately so that we can impact other people for the kingdom of God. All, all of the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the, the life, the, the breath that we take... Um, it's all his, and he gives it to us to make a difference in the world around, and, you know, in ourselves, but, but how do we do it? And then, you know, the, the tag of that verse, in this process of serving others with all that he's given us, we're faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms, and that the grace of God has various forms and shapes, and that, that people need to know the grace of God. Um, people who don't yet know Jesus need to know his amazing grace. And then there's a whole bunch of people who have sort of come to know Jesus but yet have not experienced his grace in ways that will change their lives. And we need to be those people who in, in serving others with all that he's given us, figure out how we can, you know, faithfully administer the grace of, grace of God to the people around us. And so it's a huge thing to, to think about and what that looks like. And remember, the admonition by the writer of Hebrews was to consider. He's saying, think about it. You think about these things. Um, uh, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.15, make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and everyone else. This idea of kindness um, goes beyond sort of the one another call, which which may be from believer to believer, but he's, you know, I believe it extends beyond that. But he's saying, listen, you, you should just work on being kind to everyone. 
That's, that's really at the heart of this whole deal. And, and that's really good, right? I mean, it's, that's, it, it's not always easy to be kind to everyone. You know, I always tease with you about how difficult it is here on the highways to try and be kind. And I've told you my struggles. I was, again, driving down there with those silly merge places. And, and even though I, I, I feel like I, ne I need to get into that left turn lane where the line starts and not fight my way through. And, and I watch the people drive by and I, my wife was laughing at me because I'm trying to pray for them as they go by. And because uh, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> um, and yet I think, and I, I, you know, I say to her, but it's such a stupid thing, who cares? It's just, it, should, it shouldn't, I, I, I long for the day at some level when it just doesn't bother me. It just doesn't make a difference. Who cares? I don't care. It's a couple of minutes. Who really cares uh, in the process? But, but that I, I know that it will sometimes stir me up enough that I can feel my, my heart rate and my, my, my blood pressure elevate and start to think, you know, and, and I, I don't want to be like that. And so, you know, we're, we're, consider how just to be kind to people. Paul says in Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Paul, then, and then he adds the idea to kindness of being compassionate, understanding. See, compassion allows you to, to, to deal with and relate with people and when they're coming at you um, and sort of going, you know, coming at you is what it feels like. Uh, compassion sort of says, you know, it's probably not about me. It's really something they're going through. And, and rather than go back wrong for wrong, I'm just going to try and respond in kindness. I'm going to really try and, and, you know, do that golden rule thing and treat other people the way I want to be treated. We will never get that perfect, so no, no condemnation. You're not hearing that from me. But, but understand the process is that Paul says, look, with that kindness, mix in some compassion for what people are dealing with in this, in this life. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 3.13 says, Encourage one another as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We're to be people that encourage, to, to lift up, to come alongside and bless and help so that people don't get stuck in the deceitfulness of sin and have their hearts hardened. Paul says again in Colossians 3.13, um, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive! as the Lord forgave you. Here's another huge verse. We're to be people that forgive well. We were called to love the way he loved us, and now it says forgive the way he forgave us because it's sort of a package. Um, forgive that way in the same way that he forgave you. How did he forgive you? Completely. It's tough. And remember, forgiving, uh, forgiving someone doesn't mean you set yourself back up for them to take advantage of you again. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness just means rather than hang on to a hurt, you're going to let God deal with it and you're going to go from there. For someone to be in a position where they can hurt you again, they, they need to demonstrate true repentance. And then hopefully they won't hurt you again. But they've got to be willing to go through that process. But forgiveness is just letting it go. Some people don't forgive because they think if they forgive, then they're setting themselves up to get hurt again. You're not. If you, if you get, that, get a hold of that, that's a very short teaching on a very long subject. But I wanted to get it out there. James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. You know, James is talking about the importance of, of being you know, real with one another and, and being uh, you know, and concerned for one another and, and, and talking about you know, your struggles to a safe person or two. It doesn't mean that you tell uh, you know, a huge group of people your mess, 
but hopefully you have one or two people in your life that you can sort of be completely transparent and open with so that they can pray for you and it brings, you know, healing into your life. Um, you know, some people will go this, well, why do I need to tell other people this deal if, you know, if God and I are good? Um, there's something about bringing your mess uh, into the light that frees you from it and sometimes just talking with someone pops it into light enough that you don't, you're not under the burden of it anymore. But that needs to be a safe person. And I always tell people, you need, to have, you need to have at least one safe person in your life. Hopefully you have two or three. It's not going to be a huge group. And then people say, well, how do I get a safe person in my life? The only way I know how to do that is to be a safe person, and you will end up with some safe people in your life. It's the only way I know. So if you don't have that, work on that. Okay, so listen, this, this verse, Hebrews 10, 24. You, you know, consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And so when you get up in the mornings with all this other stuff going on, you know, and access to the throne, everything has happened, take some time and really think about it, you know, ponder it, deliberate it, meditate on it, mull over it. Other people, uh, you know, with, with this sort of goal, what can I do today so that they'll be stirred up to live doing the next right thing, to love and do good deeds? And, and see, this is a, look, this is a reason for life. This will keep your life from being boring or, or lacking adventure in life. Because if you really think about it, if you consider it, and God will work with you in this, the Holy Spirit will meet you there, it will make every day kind of new and different and, and seriously exciting. And you know, people change and circumstances change and you change. But, but this call of God is, is, is steadfast. Consider. Consider the people you'll be around today. What are they like? What are you like? What will the situation be like? What helps a person to become more loving? What's, what's the, you know, the, the, the heart of it all? And, and so it's a reason for, for this living by doing the next right thing. And it's, it's focused enough to be practical. And it's, it's big enough to last forever, your entire life. You, that's, that's, that's purpose for your entire life. God, how can I impact somebody today for you? Let me consider how to, how to help other people love well for you. It's a great call, and it's the call on all of us. So I want you to think about that this week and uh, just spend some time sort of running through those things, and, and, I, and I hope it makes a difference in your life. I think it will. Uh, I, I know it will if, you, if you'll do it. Um, but that's all I've got for today. If you're watching my video, thank you for doing that. If you need prayer, go to our uh, website. There's a prayer page. You can, uh, you can put a prayer in there, and we will absolutely pray for you. Visit us when you can. We'd love to see you.